Dubai take you now. To see where Dubai takes you now, visit DubaiPresents.com. Hey J360 Legion. Jay here, and I'm sick as a dog, so my sexy voice is replaced by this technical monstrosity here. Well I can't just let you all go on without an episode so the show must go on as always. First I'll start by not using this damn thing anymore. Because I finally have my voice back, and no matter how rough I sound, I'm not gonna put you guys through that for a whole 30 to 40 minutes. Not that cruel. Anyway, welcome to the J-Man Show, here on G360 Radio. While the world whizzes by, enjoy a moment of me time with Tim Horton's new $6 breakfast bundle. Savor a small hot or iced coffee, then add your choice of a mouth-watering hot breakfast sandwich mm. and a crispy golden hash brown Ooh. and your pick of a classic donut. Yeah. All for 6 bucks, all just for you. Make your mornings all about me time with our $6 breakfast bundle. Available at your neighborhood Tim Hortons. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Man, tell you the truth, folks, it's good to be back for another episode. How's it going? I'm Jay, of course. And, oh, man, do we have quite a bit to cover today. Uh, well, not too bad. I'm just glad to be back because for a while there, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the environment kicking my ass or something like that. Or I don't know what the hell's going on with this whole sickness thing. But I feel better today. So while the getting's good, I'm going to go ahead and give you the best episode I can on such short notice. And I'm sorry for the delays, you know what I mean? Because not only did I had to work on this, I also had to, like, I really don't have time to be sick, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially what would keep in the shows and the series maintained around here. I didn't even do J360 Live this week, which is odd. Because, you know, I, I'm at the crux of finishing the Sonic Adventure gameplay, and I'm just like, whew, am I even still in the same world anymore? But you know what? I ask that question every morning because of what's going on in Washington, D.C. these days. Seems like a lot of, uh, <laughs> well, what can you call it? Seems like a lot of overhead going on nowadays, right? Uh, no, not overhead. Um, What's the term? Downsizing going on in the swamp draining as uh, you've all been paying attention. Well, with the removal of Michael Flynn. <laughs> I mean, is it like this? Did the man resign or was he asked to resign? Or did Trump fire him? You know what I'm saying? Because that whole thing, that seemed like his golden boy was him right there for a minute. After all, he was the National Security Advisor. And actually, isn't Steve Bannon a part of the National Security Council now? You know what? Like I said, it's not necessarily the fool, but it's the fools who follow him. And, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi couldn't be more right back in... The- back in the day about this stuff because this old Donald Trump oh god it's not even an administration you know what I'm saying it's incompetence inc that's what I've been calling for the longest time and it's just a damn shame it's like you know we're not even a month into this new administration you can't even call it an administration yeah yeah we're not even a month into incompetence inc and just people are jumping ship you know Pudzer left 
the labor secretary, like, he probably saw some things he didn't like, so he was like, you know what, fuck this. Probably gave uh, the old Trump the two-finger salute like Stone Cold did. But, you know, speaking of Stone Cold Steve Austin, I remember during a pay-per-view one time that Donald Trump was on it, and the way he gave, uh, you know, the 45th retrograde a stunner, it just kind of reminds me of, like, how Liberty really wants to react to this whole thing, because none of this is about making America great again. And you want to know what's really sad about the whole thing? This man is the same guy who will go ahead. I don't. You don't even know who's more of a liar, him or Kellyanne Conway, name fits the bill, or Sean Spicer. And now there's a new um, idiot that's just revealed himself. Well, you can't even call him an idiot. Pretty much a new asshole. Looks like... Um, he has this giant forehead. You know what I'm saying? I think his name's Stephen Miller. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. Like, he's saying that he'll go on any show, anytime, anywhere. I'm like, what the hell is this? Grade school? Like, to say that the president is 100% right, so you, much like anybody else, are going to just willingly lie to media. And any sort of fact-finding on these people, now it's considered fake news. Throw around fake news all the time. But, you know, you've all seen it yesterday during this press conference, right? Like, this is not a president, folks. This is a damn toddler. A grown, giant man-baby. At 70 years old. Damn, you know, if if I ever make it to 70, because chances are, with the way he's going and all this circle jerking that's occurring in the government these days... If I ever make it to 70, I hope not to act nearly as bad as him, but with the way he's all sorts of messed up, and you can just look at him and see this way, he hasn't gone full Palpatine yet, but his draconian message is showing. And it's just fucking crazy. But you know what, though? It's falling apart at the seams, and even as it's falling apart at the seams, he's so senile, he will look and tell you that his administration is a fine oil machine. Wrong. It is a broke-ass wagon. It is busted up. It's just filled with a bunch of narcissists that are just as crazy as him. And luckily, the power structure is failing. So hopefully, we can just hold on out for either the 25th Amendment to come to come to terms or a lot of other people to get really pissed off and actually start investigating all of this because the Russia aliengations aren't going nowhere. And making sure that, you know, the ethical thing to do would be to remove him from office and then like hopefully try to ride the rest of this administ there I goes around to say that word because it's not an administration it's an asylum try to just get the rest of this fixed up I don't know whether an impromptu election could be done or somebody could serve the interim but something is crazy with all of this you know and you can't just look at this and say that this is all for American safety and making America first. No, 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 no. Damn that. This is not making America first. And did you see how he um ripped into one of his White House correspondents? You know, she does reporting for the White House, reporting and, and making his media look good. And he's going to go ahead and get on her about setting up a meeting with the Black Caucus. How many times can you tell this guy that he's the president? Does he forget that that is his job? His job is to work for the people? Or wait, it's a certain group of people he's working for, right? Because ain't nobody else enjoying this other than white nationalists. 
You know what I'm saying? Other than certain people that are just, they're just loving this shit. But <laughs> the, the, the damnedest thing, you know, we're all here too. So you can't just up and just ostracate and throw other people out. Oh, I'm not going to answer the question. It's, it's, it's not good. Not good. Not good. And it's like, will you set the meeting up? Could you set the meeting up? Are those the friends of yours? I'm like, are you out of your damn mind, dude? This isn't Trump Tower. It ain't the Trump House. It's the White House. You know what I mean? Fuck, do your job. You know, it's like, he's lucky I wasn't out there interviewing him. I mean, because, like I said, I don't take no for an answer. And I'm pretty much like the fly in the ointment. You're going to feel me around. You see what I'm saying? I won't leave you alone about this kind of stuff. You can't just go ahead and just throw blinders up and then go ahead and make it seem like that nobody can reach you and talk to you. You are the president. Your job is to talk to the media. You're the news. You know? <laughs> it's just like, once again, this old fart is an example of why certain people, you know, are not qualified for certain jobs. He's not a king. Oh, oh, all of a sudden you all think that this is King Trump the first. No. You see, the thing is, I would call him President Trump if he was presidential, if he was actually being a president. But he's just being a giant baby, you know? Like, I guess he thinks that this is Congressional Apprentice or some shit because, okay, he'll silence one, he'll fire another, and then he'll act like he didn't even do the firing. He'll make it seem like somebody else did. And besides Mike Pence actually reacting to Flynn the way that he did... Regarding these Russian allegations and everything else, Donald Trump still did the firing or, you know, still proposed to tell him to resign, you know, and then got to never call it fake news, even if you're fact finding. But you see, the problem with Donald Trump is, is that Donald Trump, much like Kellyanne Conway, much like Sean Spicer, loves to spin this stuff around to make themselves look like victims. If you ever see more victim blaming in you have never seen victim blaming of this magnitude before. And honestly, I don't think anybody was prepared for a presidency to react to like this. Especially uh, a lot of us in the podcasting group. But it's just a shame. You know, because nobody really has any time for this. And then what really makes matters even more ridiculous... You don't ever hope to start a war that you can't finish. I'm not going to say win or lose because the win or lose cycle, you know, in the end doesn't really help anybody. And after the two excursions we've had or still having, and then you got another country that steps into the boundaries every so often. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Kim family in um, North Korea. <laughs> we well, got all that stuff going on there. We don't have time for this. We're so divided now, and the nation really doesn't have faith in its government, and honestly, it's starting to go to a deep decline. I don't even think there's a red zone anymore, because the man doesn't have a good approval rating, especially from those that have really been paying attention. But you know, you got all this stuff going on, and he would probably be the one to take the bait, wouldn't he? You, you never hope to start a war you can't finish. You need to have your people behind you, and also you need to have your allied nations with you. And he, this man's pissing off our allies. Matter of fact, I'm sure you've all seen like the different visits he had from some of our allies like, you know, the Prime Minister of Japan, the Prime Minister of Canada, which by the way, there's like a trending photo of 
him doing attempting to do a handshake and <laughs> uh props to you know props to Justin Trudeau man just just by holding his own and then in the end the man didn't even get his the man didn't even get Trudeau's name right calling him Joe Trudeau so it's like oh come on not making us look good at all and you know the whole thing about him bringing NATO back how come he's pissing off the two countries that are involved in that you know Mexico and Canada you see what I'm saying and then got a nerve and this is way back well not even way back this is about like a week or so ago when he was in that conversation with Australia Australia of all things what the hell did Australia ever do to us other than be our friend one of our very few friends of that it's just dumb like all of this is just beyond retrograde at this point and whoever the 46th president is going to be oh which by the way did you know that he's supposed to be going to Florida to go ahead and start on his campaign for the next election this is foolish this, this is beyond foolish not only is it an ego stroke, it's a circle jerk, and it's just beyond. <laughs> Nowadays, I do nothing but laugh, and I keep a checklist going. Because, you know, the people aren't supposed to age. The people are supposed to live their lives, keep an eye on what's going on, you know what I mean? Be aware, be informed, and do what they need to do to make their lives better. Like, I don't expect the president, or any of the presidents in our history to do everything for us i mean we have to do some of the work too but if you're sitting here waiting for the government to get the work well you're going to be in for um, a long time because the federal is just balls to the wall nuts right now and hopefully you have a state government that you can actually work with i'm not going to say depend on i'm going to say work with see luckily here in my state you know we do have a decent state government i mean it ain't perfect all the time but it's decent and i'm just gonna hold out for a little bit until you know it's time for me to jump ship and go where i need to go because i plan on living in other states so it's just wow right now you know things are just beyond crazy and then you know like the republicans are now starting to consider to do a investigation within each other but you know a select few of them that really believe in this whole thing and never was on the uh whole making things better you know when obama was in there the hope and change i should say they were never agreeing to the hope and change that obama was promising oh they are like oh, i don't see why we should i mean it's just a waste of time oh the investigation's being handled and yes i'm using chavis and Rand paul for these examples but, you know, the best way to handle the 45th presidency, and I'm using quotes on that, is in this clip right here. Die! The evidence has been falsified! It's impossible! You know, Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone might have sucked, but I'll tell you one thing, that part really represents all that's going on. And I would use the cool saying, but at the end of the damn day, <laughs> Jeff Beauregard Sessions hasn't done anything yet, so I'm kind of withholding that. But this shit is just outrageous right now. And you know what? Once again, I just think too much. You know what, though? I'm going to be honest with you. Too much has gone on that I couldn't use anything as a consistent Trump watch this week. So every time that there isn't consistency going on here, you can refer to it as pretty much Jay's soapbox. And that's my soapbox for this week because 
honestly, it's only going to get more ridiculous from here. And I'm sure there's going to be a straight up Trump watch next episode. Because <laughs> it's only just begun and we're not even a full month in yet. But I know it's coming though because as soon as February 20th hits, you'll be thinking that those 100 days are over because of the way it feels. But you know what? Nope. Still got a while to go. Anyway, though, I don't want to go ahead and do it on that note. I mean, after all, I'm back now, got my voice right. <laughs> and, you know, today is technically a fun and games episode because, you know, I'm not going to talk about movies entirely today. And I'm not going to talk too much about the DCEU, even though that has more than enough problems going on. Like, look, I'm on the side of it. I want to see it succeed. And I actually took the time to rewatch certain films. So, you know, well, the three films that are in the canon currently. But I just need to say this about that industry for a minute. Let's stop worrying about movies that are announced. You know what I mean? Instead of, like, the idea of Suicide Squad 2, when people really didn't like Suicide Squad 1, and then you take Mel Gibson, and then he, allegedly he's supposed to be the director of that film. Not saying he's a bad director, but when you consider that the controversies that surround Mel Gibson, and didn't Mel Gibson speak out about this whole thing? You know what? It doesn't matter at this point. Because at the same time, it feels like trolling. There's a lot of films on deck for the DCEU, but I would kind of like it if they have their directors, if they have their crew, and then they have their casting, and then they have their premise, and then they know where all this stuff fits in, like gelling it together. Like, just pace yourself, Warner Brothers. I mean, damn. You know what? Like, isn't it funny that a couple of years ago, or yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago, that Sony Pictures was having a hard time, but right now... Warner Brothers looks like hell ever since 2015. And based off of their comics property, at least with um, Sony Pictures, they didn't know what they were going to do with the Spider-Man franchise until that deal worked out with Marvel, and now they pretty much are giving Miles Morales a movie, and after their hacking and everything else, so they managed to rebuild, whereas... You know, Warner Brothers has just got issues out the wazoo and just all this executive meddling and just all this blah, 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 blah. Just make a final product and a good final product so that, you know, a lot of those superior Marvel fans can feel that you're something to be reckoned with and all the DCEU fans that are out there, if they haven't, you know, dismantled or, you know, dwindled as of late, will go ahead and enjoy and have that fun. You know what I'm saying? But outside of all that, though, you know, it's just like... I mean, don't just announce certain products and properties and then all of a sudden go, and it's gone. Because there is such a thing as development hell, and I will talk about that in one episode. Possibly the next one. Because you're going to ruin the few fans you do have that way. You know what I'm saying? You get their hopes up for a Shazam movie, and then the Shazam movie's been shelved, and then you have like other movies like the Watchmen movie wasn't going to get done anytime soon it's amazing that we managed to get that film even though there's a lot of people that don't like it I understand that but at least you managed to get a film and the thing is is that you're going to alienate your fans and you know there are plenty of industries that do this stuff it's not just movies you know anything that's enjoyable because there's a story behind everything like how you have a favorite show and it gets canceled or how you have and particularly a favorite game series, or a lot of great gaming IPs that only get like one to two installments, and then you alienate the fan base, and then you 
pretty much ruin your next system run to the point where you have to start developing software just to make ends meet and then your software is not all that good so you pretty much become a shell of your former self and it's a mockery yeah today we're going to be talking about video games folks because i'm on the verge of recreating the power play and you know it's just that it's just a good time to talk about it and in case you haven't got my references earlier i'm looking into one of my favorite game companies of all time Sega was at the top of their game in the 90s, you know what I mean? You know, back in the day, it wasn't even about Sony, Microsoft, and, well, Nintendo. Nintendo was always there, but the thing is, Nintendo's main competitor was Sega. It was between those two. I mean, sure, there were a bunch of third parties like 3DO and Neo Geo, and, like, see, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. Because some of those Neo Geo-based properties that were SNK, they ended up going to Sega and Nintendo, too, so... And 3DO became a software developer after their system didn't pan out. And then, I don't know anybody who owned a GVC or a Philips CDI. Even though Philips CDI was technically Nintendo to a point. But, hey, you know what? Not worried about it right now. But when it came to Sega, though, Sega was just that awesome system. That system that was just so anti-Nintendo, they let you know about it. Because what Genesis does, Nintendo, right? And then, of course, you know, like, the ad campaigns that followed with Sega. It was just incredible. Like, if you had a Genesis, they would let you know that you had your arcade experience coming home. And that's what it was all about. But the only problem with Sega is, is that, you know, they would have new technology that comes out, but they wouldn't support it for too long. Like, maybe after a few months or maybe a year or so, it would be there and it'd be enjoyable. But the thing is, it would not be supportive like for example the game gear one of the best handhelds of all time you know the design is still being copied to this day like there's even a portable sega genesis uh game system out there it's made by at games but if you look at it, the way it's held it's pretty much designed similar to the game gear and the nomad and the nomad was pretty much the genesis portable but you see the game gear was the master system portable and, you know, it had a lot of peripherals to it, much like the Game Boy did. But the beautiful part about it all was, is that it had an enjoyable amount of video games. You know, it was a battery eater, don't get me wrong, but they made accessories to remedy that, you know, with the power back. And then sometimes you could actually use, like, your uh, Genesis power adapter to go ahead and keep it going, you know, like if you're at home or whatever. And then there was also a peripheral, I think it was like a belt or something to keep, like, it was before the power back was made. It was the power adapter to keep the system on. So it's not like they didn't remedy the problem, but the thing is, it's trying to play the damn thing in bright sunlight, too. It was just unbearable. But when you play at night, though, and you had, like, that beautiful screen light up, and you heard, like, the Sega chant at the beginning, and I really love my game gear. And speaking of which, I got to get it fixed. And as soon as I do, I probably won't be doing this show as often. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But years and years, it was third party that was keeping that system alive. It wasn't Sega themselves, even though it had a healthy Sonic library. And isn't that, like, the main thing about Sega nowadays? All you really do know is Sonic. Like, at least then they had different IPs. They had Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Fantasy Star. They had some one-shots like Star. I don't know if you could call Knights a one-shot... Because he had two games, and one did get re-released. Then you had Alex Kidd, you had House of the Dead, you had... There was even a Michael Jackson game on the Genesis. 
Flicky, you had Outrun, you had Virtual Fighter. And you know what, for a while there, before Virtual Fighter, there was a certain game series that was coming along named Eternal Champions, but certain fans and a close friend of mine kind of ruined that by heavily investing in Virtual Fighter, and, and Sega just didn't want to do two fighting franchises at the same time, which is kind of a bullshit move, but you know, Sega had money problems. Like, for a while there, they were going to form a company with Namco Bandai. Well, actually, it's not even Namco Bandai anymore. It was Bandai at one time they were going to form with. And things just didn't come to pass, and it fell through. So they ended up merging with Sammy, who do um, Penchico machines. And they're former lottery machines. And that's why whenever you see Sega Sammy, you know, it's the parent company. But, you know, I like to think it came out before Sega's money problems. But then again, they managed to get, like, a re-release or a port or something like that for Sega CD and I'm not going to talk about Sega CD or the Sega 32X because while they were interesting peripherals for their time it's just the technology was too new for the Sega CD and then 32X just sucked and matter of fact 32X rather than just going ahead from the 16-bit into the 32-bit because people knew the Saturn was coming they alienated their consumers by saying, oh, no, 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 no. And this is Sega of America doing this because Sega of America had a bit of a rivalry with Sega of Japan for some damn reason. had a fallout. It's amazing when you got two subsidiaries and one company just have a giant fallout and act no better than the uh, presidency that's taking place now. And I'm using quotes on the term presidency because it ain't much of one. But, yeah, they had a disagreement with each other so bad, fans knew that Saturn was coming. But, you see, Sega of America was like, no, 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 go ahead and buy the 32X, that'll hold you over. We're going to support it, we'll give you that arcade experience home that you always wanted. Because that was the whole thing about Sega, you know? Because Sega dominated the arcades for the longest time. And the ability to play them at home on your Genesis was the selling point. So, as you're sitting there buying this damn thing to put on your uh, Genesis, and, you know, if you had a first model Genesis, it's even worse because you got metal prongs to put the damn thing in. It, it looked like hell. It was like this giant mushroom that you would put on this Genesis. I remember my dad buying it, right? You see, I was a kid at the time. I didn't have a job. But <laughs> I remember him buying it. I looked at this thing, and I, even I knew it sucked. I was like, Dad, I don't see myself using this for a while, but... You know what, though? It's one of those things where my dad bought it for him. Because, <laughs> man, I tried playing Sonic and Knuckles on that damn thing. I, oh, God. It's like, because there was just too much on it, it wouldn't even read the lock-on technology from Sonic and Knuckles going into Sonic 3. So I went ahead and did a little surgery myself and took the damn thing off of it. It was ridiculous. Like, you know, because I can understand the concept of taking the Sega Genesis and this 32X, whatever it is, and making it into a 32-bit system, but it would be better if you know that they went ahead and they just said, all right, the Genesis is great, it's doing fine, but you know what, it's time to move on to the next thing. Let's work with um, our Japanese brother and our same company here, and let's go on ahead and just form something, which is what the Saturn was. The Saturn could have got a big boost, and it could have been something great for the 32-bit, but the Saturn was so hit and miss, you know? Because it wasn't introduced here right. Like, it was introduced okay over there in Japan. You know, because of Sega Senshiro. And that whole ad campaign surrounding that. Sega had terrific ads. But when it came to the fact of having this system come out. And they alienated their consumers by this 
trickery. You know what I'm saying? Sega of America did shot themselves in the foot. And I would delve deeper into that, but, you know, I'm going to save that for a couple of blog posts that I have lined up for you all. But going back to it, though, let's just focus on the Genesis. The Genesis, however, was a powerhouse in its own right. Like, sure, it had a crazy sound system, but you know what, though? It was perfect for the time it came out. Especially as you're sitting there playing through all of these um, different games like, you know, Alien Storm and then the music in that and then like Super Thunderblade. Like, it just matched the tones at the time. And then, like, you know, we were all just getting out of that 80s way anyway. So, the synthesized sounds just made it feel like the future is now. And, like, as I'm sitting here, like, playing through Sonic's Ultimate Genesis for the PS3, it just really takes me back. Like, sometimes I think I would love to get a Sega Genesis again, you know, just so I can play, like, the classic games I do have around here. Especially using the six-button configuration to play all my fighter games. Because I have Mortal Kombat 3, and then I have Street Fighter. Oh, man, I managed to lose a lot of time with Super Street Fighter 2. Like, that's my favorite fighting game of all time. And it's just like, you know, just sitting there playing with the six buttons and just sure you can people to death and just hurricane kicking bison across the ring and shit. I just love that stuff, you know what I'm saying? And then not to mention that Sega didn't have any restrictions on content. So any sort of blood that you saw, they just went ahead and took it to levels that Nintendo didn't. And, you know, if I come across as a bit of a fanboy, well, you know what? I kind of was. Even though I was a multi-gamer throughout most of my life, and, you know, I enjoyed the Super Nintendo as much as the next person, my house was a Sega house, man. I was the only guy in my old neighborhood with a Sega. And that gave me bragging rights. I mean, like, just sitting there just playing through Sonic 2 and just, you know what I mean? Like, the only problems I had with Sonic 2, though, is that when you're in the special stages and, like, there's not anybody to help you control Tails... Tails kind of sucked when it came to getting rings. I mean, well, you know, he could get the rings, but he couldn't jump over them damn mines like anything. And then all of a sudden you get there to that end and then it says, not enough rings. And you're like, damn it, Tails. <laughs> you know? But I had a better time playing Sonic 3, though, because at least with Sonic 3, you know, you're in the blue spheres and like there were no mines there, but the game would gradually speed up. So you had to make sure you didn't fuck up. And it's like this failure is not an option. Now, things are a lot easier because you have save slates. But back in those days, you had to make a break. And I used to love that. It was a pain in the ass at times, but I used to love it. Because going for those Chaos Emeralds, you know, you had to do what you got to do to get the good ending. If you didn't go for it, you know, you got the bad ending, and then you're like, why the hell is Dr. Robotnik grinning at me? I mean, I just won, right? But then when you play it over, and then you say, oh, okay, well, I see. Yeah, now I understand. Not that it really mattered much. I mean, he's pretty much got the same ending. It's just that Robotnik would grin at you or he wouldn't grin at you. But you know what, though? I know Sonic is the mascot of Sega, and it was good to get as many games of him as possible. Kind of like back in the day, you would get a lot of Mega Man games from Capcom, but now you really don't get any. But I think that they really kind of focused too much on Sonic. Like, they had a lot of other IPs and a lot of fans that were looking to see those IPs get new games. And it's just like, we, we could have had that new Streets of Rage by now. And it would have been nice, especially with his online capabilities and stuff. Like, they could have made it in that old style, right? Because, face it, Streets of Rage 3 kind of left a sour taste in everybody's mouth. But they could have went ahead and they could have made a better Streets of Rage. They could have made a better Streets of Rage for everybody. And that, you know, instead of it just being two-player, they could have made it like four-player. Where people drop in and drop out. 
and different sort of shading, the music, you know, just coming back. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It can be done. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you are out there making your own versions of a beat-em-up right now. Especially those of you out there who are all about the game development and stuff and on Kickstarter. It's just that, you know, when, when it comes to Kickstarter, though, make sure you're selling your product. Make sure you're showing it well. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't just do a video of you saying, oh, well, this is what's going to happen and try to sneak change. Because right now, things don't really look too good for the crowdfunding market, especially with all the snake deals. So make yourselves better. Just a little advice for those of you out there that are being game developers. Because I want to see everybody succeed. You know what I'm saying? But going back into it, we could have had that. We could have had all the Castles of Illusions come out. And those were those Mickey Mouse platformer games. And, you know, we managed to get a remake of that on PS3. And it's pretty good. And if you'd have pre-ordered it, you know, you could have got the classic one, too. And I wish I had a pre-order at one time, but I, I came to the party late. I mean, especially when DuckTales came out again, and I was like, yo, I, I gotta pick that up. Now, there might be a bit of licensing with the Castles of Illusion games because of Disney, but when you get right down to it, though, like, we, we could have had a lot more games to play. I mean, sure, you got the Ultimate Genesis Collection, but as you have this here right now, you know, they're still banking on that retro gaming uh, cycle with the whole Sega Genesis what it's like what is it like a sega genesis uh retro console or something like that it's not made by them it's once again made by at games which is also owned by majesco so like for those of you out there and you can use like allegedly you can use like the original cartridges in there but at the same time though it's not built on the chassis of an original genesis I think it's like, what? what is it like? Um, it's like pretty much chip roming or something. And then like it won't play like certain games. And which, is, that's a pain in the ass because you might as well just go on ahead if you're going back in time and just buy a Sega Genesis to enjoy it. Whether it's a version 2, a version 1. Uh, you can try for the version 3 if you want to. Uh, like I said, just go for a version 1 and a version 2 if you can. But it's just to me, you know, like the missed opportunities. Like there was even a story for Echo the Dolphin that could have been solved. Like Echo the Dolphin 2, I mean. I think it's called Tides of Time, where, like, at the end, you managed to go back in time, but nothing was resolved in the end. It's, like, just Echo just disappeared or something like that. And then they came out with the one for Dreamcast, which was uh, Defender of the Future. And it was a it was its own game. It didn't follow anything. So it's like, okay, so this wasn't resolved. I mean, what, what the hell am I supposed to do with this now? And then for a while there, you know, Sega teased us about bringing back certain games of their own. Like, there's been, like, test ports of different games like the golden axe games like beast rider wasn't good we all knew that it was, it was shit now, i want to say that they did that marketing tactic by banking off our nostalgia kind of like how capcom tried to get us all to buy final fight streetwise because it was a final fight game but yet it wasn't a final fight game at best just tactics like that is just really what abuse what little fans you have don't abuse your fans it's kind of like if i was saying that this episode is going to be made today and I didn't air it, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't think it was a good episode. That would alienate you guys, wouldn't it? So it's just like seeing that a game company would resort to these kind of tactics, you know, just to get our money. Just make a complete game. Make it enjoyable. Like, now they're pretty much um, trying to do make or break with Sonic at this point. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like, oh, we still need to rework on Sonic. We still need to rework on Sonic. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you were on the right track until, you know... Sonic Colors was great. Sonic Generations was good. You know, and then it's like, after that, you know, Sonic and the Deadly Six, I never got to play because it's on Wii U and 3DS. 
So, I mean, if you guys know about that one, and if it's any good, let me know. But, you know, if they really messed up, chances are they messed up because they used a lot of different tactics that didn't make any sense. Like, the Sonic Werehog thing in Sonic Unleashed, that was alright. It's okay to see them try new things, but it's just better if you go ahead and just create a new IP or just revive one of these other characters. I think Rystar could use a new game, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, all he had was just one. And it was like, you know, it, it was fun for its time. It was different. It was unique. But, you know, that, there's a reason why Nintendo's characters are so renowned. Because they really care about the characters. You know what I'm saying? They're different mini-universes and all that enjoyability. But it seemed like Sega kind of either just wanted to move on into thinking about profits or just didn't let these characters develop on their own. And that's debatable because of the two contemplation games like, you know, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing or Sega Superstar Tennis. Oh, you know what? I almost forgot. Samba Diamago. But, you know, that's a Dreamcast game. I'm talking about the classic Sega Genesis games. And I may play through some of these on the Power Play, you know, as I bring that shit back. Yeah, just sitting back here and just enjoying the good old days. Like, I might go ahead and, you know, I just unlocked Space Harrier. So how about that, you know? And that's an awesome game. Especially when you're running around and walking through the fantasy zone. Well, it's not even walking around. I mean, you run, you jump, you fly. You don't even know what the game's about, but it's just crazy fun because you're just blasting a bunch of things. And then I also uh, unlocked Shinobi not too long ago. And, which, by the way, I need to finish that game. You ever played the one on PS2? It's hard. It's really hard. Especially when there ain't no block button. And you gotta climb on those walls. And then, like, when you're climbing on the walls and you're doing the wall run and the dashes and stuff, it's enjoyable. But the thing is, as you get through each and every single level, you gotta be more precise with it. But, you know, in the end, there's nothing wrong with a difficult game. I think a lot of people complain nowadays because a game is too challenging and sometimes it's unforgiving. Like, if you think of all three Ninja Gaiden games back in the day... Yeah, I'm talking about the ones on NES. Those were a bitch. And then the ones that were on Xbox and then later got ported to PS3. They were tough in their own right, but they're not as evil as those uh, NES games. Because like when you killed certain enemies, right, they would respawn in that same spot. And you know you had to jump across this ravine to get over there to where you needed to go to to finish the level. The thing about Ninja Gaiden was, much like Castlevania back in the day... It wasn't always the boss battles that would get you. It would be the environmental kills. It would be like the environment would just say, Oh, you think you're going to win? Not today, motherfucker. <laughs> and, and God help you if you're on that one area where it's near sudden death. Like, you can't go back because the screen cut off where you need to go to. And you're in that zone where you know that you're not safe. And you're going to die either by falling into the cliff. Or because of the monster that's going to come hit you. Because you're going to fall back anyway. Back in those days, like, the characters would let you know that you were weak. And it was just so unforgiving. That That's what makes classic games so great sometimes. It seemed like there's a lower difficulty curve sometimes when it comes to modern games. Not to mention the campaign length. Back in those days, they had all the time to be creative, and they had all the time to go on ahead and put you into a vice. Because <laughs> sometimes it would be so unforgiving, especially when you're near the midpoint of that level, and as soon as you die, you have to start at the beginning. But it's such a challenge, and after you're done raging and being pissed off, you play it again because at the end of the day, you don't want that to be on your failure list. 
And I know it seems like I'm rambling a little bit, but you know, I'm just getting you prepared for the gaming side of J360 soon. Yep, because there's going to be a lot of co-op episodes, going to be a lot of playthroughs. I'm going to give the YouTube an overhaul. Now, it's not going to be a gaming channel per se. I've also been thinking about bringing the J-Man show over to the YouTube channel, but there's been some kind of iffies about that. One, the YouTube Heroes thing. YouTube Heroes is stupid. Alright? I can't stand the idea of being a damn snitch in real life. I thought as soon as you mature and grow up, you stop snitching. But considering how I work in this workforce now, and there's always somebody trying to look for an edge on something, snitching is just a way that people, weak-ass people, I should say, get by in this world. I mean, and now this stuff is spread to the internet. Oh, I'm gonna go tell on you. Ooh, you talking about politics. You talking about war. You talking about all this stuff that's realistic that my brain can't handle it because I'm fragile and I'm emotionally stunted. See, that's some bullshit. Look, we're all adults. I like to think most of us are anyway that run these YouTube channels or anything that's out here on the web. We're in charge of our content. If you don't like somebody else's content, then man the fuck up and leave. You don't have to pay attention to that stuff. You do not have to buy the merchandise. You do not have to donate. You do not have to do any of these things. But all of a sudden, you feel obligated to go talk about what content should be on somebody else's channel, right? See, that's why I left YouTube. Like, you know, I was going to bring this show on YouTube first, but then I really thought about it. And I was like, I don't have time for people to whine about the content I make. You don't see me running around over to where you are. And you probably doing no different than me, but because you're afraid of competition or, gee, I must have scared the living hell out of you by being a bit more real. The thing is, is that you don't govern what I do on J360 Productions. Nobody does, except for me, because I own the company and the team I work with. Because, like I say, not everybody has my worldview. And that's kind of a beautiful thing. That's when diversity is a beautiful thing. But when you go about and try to censor somebody because their worldview is different than yours... You're an asshole. Understand it, accept it, and just realize that, you know, despite all the crazy things that go on, not everybody's going to agree with you. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I like to argue. I think arguing is great. It's refreshing even, if you do it in the right way, but people don't know how to disagree anymore. And this YouTube heroes thing, when you snitch and you get rewards for being a snitch, well, you know what? That's how weak you are. Rather than go ahead and earn some cred... By working hard and making content, you got to go ahead and be the fun police for everybody. Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. The hell with you, I did it. When it comes to, like, finishing these episodes, like, I don't sit here and just worry about what I did last time. I focus on next. I understand what I did. If I tried something new and it didn't pan out, move on to the next one. Make a better version. Everything's a prototype and experiment in my company. That's how you should always look at it. Don't look at it just a failure. Look at it as something to try better with. You know, like J360 Live. I mean, that's still experimental at best, but hell, I'm having a blast. And as soon as I get 100% better again, you know, I'll be able to use it to its fullest. And we probably won't even have to worry about it anymore. But yeah, like this this YouTube Heroes thing, this, this stuff is ridiculous. So until they get it right, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to make a timeline for it. I think the J-Man show is having such a good time on SoundCloud. I might do some special events for YouTube to test the waters again. I know the movies are going to be on YouTube. 
But I'm, but as far as like doing like the J-Man show and stuff on YouTube, we'll see where we go. But in 2018, I'll probably give it a shot. Because hopefully by then that none of this stuff will be as restrictive as need be. At least with SoundCloud, it's fun, enjoyable, and you're working with other people in the community to enjoy. But when you have people that go out, come out of their way, flag your content, flag your content and stuff and to the point where you lose your channel. And the thing is, you worked hard on that channel. That's fucked up. But then again, so is the world I live in. Especially when people don't appreciate shit that you put out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to say I hit rock bottom all this stuff. I don't depend on any of these outlets. What I do is for the fans of the J360 Legion out there. And if they like it, cool. If they don't like it, whatever. At least I done did the damn thing. <laughs> but, you know, that's what you got to be like. When you in a creative field like this, you take risk all the time. As soon as YouTube gets their shit together, then we'll talk. Because I don't have time to, like, keep building a new channel just because I said, motherfucker this, motherfucker that. I ain't got time for it. Like, sure, Samuel L. Jackson can do it, but I can't do it. That's kind of messed up. And at the end of the damn day, I wish you would know what I was talking about before you all of a sudden react and had the world come to an end. Because at the end of the day, I'm still going to be me whether I got a YouTube channel or not. Vimeo, oh, Daily Motion, do you need some help? <laughs> all right, well, I know today is more of a ramble episode, but, you know... I had a lot of things to clear up with you all, and for those of you that actually took the time to tune in and see if I was okay, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot to all of you. By the way, I want to give a shout out to everybody in the Potter and family, especially the Buffet Boys. Keep up the good work, guys. Heard you episode 9. I can't wait to see what y'all do for episode 10. Keep it together, alright? And the rest of you out there in the J360 Legion, don't worry. Things are not going to be as dysfunctional next week. Hopefully everything will be alright. And I'll give you something great for episode 13 because we're going to be taking a look at development hell and the evils of a creative field, aka rejections, and what you can do about it. Until then, I'll see you all later. This is Jay signing off. Peace.